temp check. What kind of summer are we having this year? A family road trip summer? A beach bum summer? Or a wake me when the sun sets summer? With Instacart, choose your own adventure and skip the shopping side quests. Where available, you can get ice cream delivered to your hotel, sunscreen to the pool, or cold brew to your bed. Well, door. In as fast as 30 minutes. Wherever you find yourself this summer, you can get the goods. Download Instacart for free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum $10 per order. Excludes restaurants. Additional terms and fees apply. What's going on, Kansas City? We got players only back in full effect, the yes. playoff edition. And we are in the house. Yes, we Extended are. Extended football here in Chiefs Kingdom. And we got players only on throughout the remainder of the season, whenever that ends. Hopefully, it'll be the Thursday after Miami, that first Thursday in February. That's what I'm looking forward to. We got Joe Mays in the house. What's happening, everybody? How y'all doing? Straight from the Leia Center downtown, all relaxed. Yeah. Got massaged and got in the cryo and all that good stuff. Did a little yoga, you know, yoga, some acupuncture done. Yeah, I'm feeling real good right now. There you go. After the holidays, I know you needed that. Got the kids running around. Yep. Probably got 500 batteries in the house. You had to put stuff together. You know what? It was more so the running around for the gifts. I mean... You know, oh, me the and my mad wife. scramble? Yeah, man. I mean, besides, you know, running the list, and then we got to run our household. And then there besides go. that, we got to run to the store and, you know, buy Get gifts stuff. for the kids <laughs> and do all that type of thing. So, you know, we, we definitely needed a little, ch- little chill downtime, you know, a nice little relaxating massage. And, uh, yeah, man, chilling. Everything's good, man. Well, that's Joe Mays, eight-year vet in the NFL. And my name is Danon Hughes. For all the new listeners, if there are any out there, this is players only, 6 to 7 every Thursday during the football season. And we just have a little roundtable yeah. chopping it up about what goes on on the field and off the field in the NFL from a player's perspective. Uh, I played six years here with the Chiefs, and we've been here, gosh, for 24, 25 years now. Man, that's a long time. 26 years, actually, in Kansas City. So definitely been blessed to be a part of the Chiefs' kingdom, be a part of the Chiefs' family. And now having an opportunity on 610 to be a part of this 610 sports family talking football and uh, just talking about life on and off the field. So the holidays were here. Yes. You talked about your kids. I, we actually went on a cruise as a family. Ooh. I had, was very blessed to have two kids graduate college in May and then one graduate high school in May within three days of each other. So part of their Christmas gift and graduation gift was a cruise. And it was excellent. I worked on my tan. Yep. I had um, <laughs> I had a speedo on. All that stuff. Uh oh. Yeah. No. No thanks. I was no showing. I was that. showing I mean, the, the keg. It's not longer a six pack. I was showing the keg out there on the deck on the cruise with a speedo on. <laughs> you were showing a little bit more than that, weren't you? <laughs> no, I would never ever wear a speedo. No. Not even back in the day wearing a speedo. So, but it was good, man. The holidays definitely a bless a blessed time, man. Uh, to be able to reflect on the reason for the season and uh being a very spiritual and godly man i am and family you know you you can't bypass that and then just being able to celebrate with your kids and got some some time in the warm weather yeah man got a, got a chance to go down to miami and we cruised from there and actually met up with monte harrison who's a former athlete here in kansas city yeah Basically, like one of my kids, and um, got to hang out with him and watch the Chiefs game from down there. So nice. I say all that because everybody's giving Fitz Magic, Fitz Magic all the credit for the Chiefs getting a number two seed. 
I just want to let everybody know out there in Chiefs Kingdom, I was in Miami for the game. So I want to say that you're welcome because I think it was me. <laughs> I, I personally think it was me in Miami, my presence in Miami, Nostradanin, putting the voodoo on the Patriots. I see that. Got us the number two seed. You can't tell me different, Joe. I was about to say, man, that's kind of, that's, that's kind of cocky talk right there. It was, it was all on you, hon, that the – that hey, the Chiefs got just it, another you know, day the, at the, the office, the bro. Yeah. It's just another day at the office. Okay. I mean, you know, you ain't cocky if it's true. It's, it's not about the hard work and the dedication and preparation that they put into, you know, the, the games week in, week out. Huh? Well, it's all about – Hold on, hold on, hold on. It's all about you. When's the last time you said – when's the last time you put hard work, determination, preparation in the same sentence as Miami Dolphins? I'm talking about you. Oh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> it's me. I, yeah, no, yeah, it, yeah, 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 yeah. That was me. Right. When it comes to the Miami Dolphins, that was all luck. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was luck and Fitz magic. Yeah, Fitz magic, the beard. I don't know about it. It wasn't you. Like, I, when, you know, a little bit. It had to be a little bit a me, man. Bit. Yeah. It was, it had to be. I refuse to believe it wasn't me. Yeah. You put a little Prove on me it. wrong. Put a Chiefs Kingdom, players only listeners, prove me wrong. If you can prove that it wasn't me and my magic, Dane and Magic, that doesn't sound as good as Fitz Magic. No, it doesn't, yeah. The Magic. You was doing okay magic. with Nostradanin. <laughs> Nostradanin. Yeah, that's Nostra The Magic yeah, was doing okay in the that. house. And uh, you can't prove it wrong, so it must be right. Yeah, I guess so. Text line is open, 69306. The phone lines are open as well, 913-576-7610. We want to hear from the listeners out there as we talk about the holidays and there was a little game here in Kansas City. Yeah. Even though we talked a little bit about the the one down in Miami, there was a game here in Kansas City. I yeah. mean, I guess you can call it a game. What is it? Ten straight times that we beat the San Diego Charger. I mean, uh, the the California. I mean, the uh, Los Angeles yeah. Charger. Whatever their name is. Yeah. You know, I I refuse to call them any other city. If you have a a, a home stadium and you are basically the away team at every home game, I'm not gonna tag you with that city. <laughs> You're basically like a bunch of gypsies. You're nomads just roaming around the U.S. playing teams. Uh, you know, you're just traveling. You're just a travel team. It's like an AAU team. It, it is kind of weird, man, that they're, you know, they're playing in this small, you know, high school slash college type stadium. Soccer. Soccer stadium. I mean, they don't really have a home field advantage. It's crazy. You're in one of the biggest states in the country, and you can't fill up can't the stands with your, you know, your, your like, colors and – your fans, it's, 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 I mean, you're hoping that it's 50-50. The but some of the times you're downhill, you know, 60-40, 70-30. The Chargers are like Steve Martin in The Jerk. You ever uh. see the movie The Jerk? He's just carrying his <laughs> chair around, a lamp, got his dog, just roaming around, looking for somebody to love, looking for somebody to, to take him in. Yep. That's, that's what that's Steve Martin in The Jerk. You know what, man? I just Phillip hope they Rivers think- is the yeah. lead cast. Yeah, you know what? What's going to happen with Phillip Rivers this year? We're going to talk about that, man. We got a little changing of the guard. Yeah. You know, we got some some old quarterbacks moving out, some coaches moving around, a coaching carousel. Uh, you don't know what's going to happen, man, but I will say this. I'm happy that the Chiefs handled the business that they needed to handle. Yes. Uh, they're back winning at home, got a winning streak going, doing everything right. Now, there's some things they can tighten up that mm-hmm. they'll need to, but I think there's a, a, a significant difference in this team based on how they've handled business thus far, uh, especially in these last six weeks, that even is better than last year. Yes. And last year was a great season mm-hmm. to be four inches away from the Super Bowl 
and and have a t- uh, NFL MVP on the on the roster uh, was amazing. Yeah. But I, I see a lot of a lot more better a lot of better things uh, going on with this Chiefs team team yes quote team now that um, gives me a lot of confidence in what they can do in this postseason and. and- it's just it feels better to talk about the team as opposed to just only talking about the offense. Yeah, you know we've been well, so, of course from you. Yeah, I mean, from yeah, you, you saw. Of course, I think, but but you've been like the whipping boy for the last uh, three hundred sixty five days, man. Look, oh, actually, longer than that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's <laughs> it's been it's been a while since the guy's been able to go out there and be consistent. So I mean, it's great. It feels good to talk about the entire team, you know, overall instead of only talking about the offense. Um, they're playing more balanced ball, man. I mean, yeah. offense, defense, you know, defense is showing up. You know, special teams, they're, they're not they're, – they're, you know, getting the much-needed yardage that they need to get, and they're not giving the ball away, which is the most important part of the game. So, uh, I, I think – I just think that they're playing a lot better. They're, I mean, the month of December was amazing. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It I was mean, amazing. And that's the thing is that, you know, we are – we live in a society, and we've said it on this show before, we live in a society where everything needs to be done yesterday. Yep. And – even though there are other teams in the league that play quality football, the Ravens are probably one of the most complete teams, the 49ers, defensive teams, and we've made the excuse or the reason, reason rationale of you can't hit in the offseason, you don't have full full pads and OTAs, uh, training camps are dialed back. It takes a while to gel. You know that better than I do from a defensive perspective. Uh, it takes a while to gel on the field. And I see significant differences from Taran Matthew, how he's responding. There was some frustration. I saw body language early in the season that I don't see anymore. He's playing more freely. He's playing like he trusts the guys around him to do their job. And that takes time. Now you have a healthy Frank Clark. You got T. Sizzle coming in with with a little extra amp uh, as well. And you got the line, the linemen playing much better. So yeah. you see it from a, a, a great lens on the defensive side that's probably better than me, but I at least noticed that, that the body language has changed, the attitude has changed, the confidence has changed, and therefore the production has changed. I think they're more focused on having fun instead of, you know, focusing on going out there and messing up. You you got to think, when you're first starting yeah, off the year point. off, yeah, and you, and you have a bunch of different guys, new guys that's in the system, they have to not only, you know, become part of the team itself, a part of the unit, and be comfortable with the man next to them, they have to get comfortable within the scheme. Because not all schemes are equal when it comes to being in the NFL. You may you may do some things similar here that you've done in another place, but, you know, at the end of the day, you know, each coach, they teach their scheme a little bit different. So you have to, you know, be as comfortable, you know, being a part of that system in order to go out there and play well and not even think. So I think that's one thing that, you know, I've been able to notice that these guys are not thinking. They're just going out there and reacting and playing ball. And, you know, they're, they're making plays. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's yeah. the thing. I think that's a huge point that not a lot of fans recognize is that it takes a lot of time, more time than we would like to think, to get rewired, yep. to get reprogrammed. And, you know, whether it's a wide receiver, when I was in the West Coast offense, 12-yard hook route meant 12-yard hook route, not 11, not 13. Yep. Five-yard out route meant this. Smoke route, post route, Dino routes, all these routes – meant specific timing. You hear about the West Coast offense and Joe Montana and, and you're going back to, uh, you know, the Brett Favre's and, and how the offenses moved from San Francisco to, to uh, Green Bay and all around the NFL. And yeah. there was the 
the nouveau thing in the late 80s, early 90s, that a lot of teams were supposedly running a West Coast offense. Mm -hmm. Well, West Coast offense was built on precision and being where you're supposed to be when you're supposed to be there and not really having a bunch of options outside of 12. You line up outside the numbers, run a 12-yard hook. You run on the numbers, you're running out at 12 yards or 10 yards. You run a post at your sixth step, a glance route at your fifth step. Those type of things that were – they were, there was no negotiating. Yeah. And now, and I say all that because you have to get rewired in some respect on defense, on how you're going to approach. Bob Sutton taught a certain way. Yep. His guys taught a certain way. Spagnolo comes in, he teaches a certain way. It takes some time to get rewired to trust, not only just to do, mm-hmm. but also then to trust that everybody else is doing what they're supposed to do so that you can do it. And, And you can attest to this. I've always said it. When a defensive end is trying to do the job of a defensive tackle or a defensive tackle is trying to do the job of a linebacker or a linebacker is trying to do the job of a safety, that's when the big plays happen. Absolutely. That's when you have the big, huge plays, especially in the run game. You go back to the Tennessee game, go back to the Lions game, you go back to to the early part of the Raiders game where Josh Jacobs was killing people. It was because people – it wasn't because they were getting beat. It was because somebody was trying to do somebody else's job because they didn't trust each other. Yeah, yeah. and you create you create big holes that way. You know, you have guys that, you know, you, you don't necessarily trust and you're not accustomed to plan, plan with. Um, you know, those guys may step out of a gap, so now you have to replace, and then once you replace, you're out of your gap as well. So it just makes things so much harder when you're trying to, you know, become comfortable playing alongside someone that you're not used to playing with and also playing comfortable in the scheme that's new to you for the entire year. So, um you can see that guys are really just going down there playing ball, not thinking about anything and reacting. And they're making some, a lot more plays that way. Um, they're a lot more comfortable in having fun. Yeah. And there you, you know. made a, a great point about the gap responsibility. Yes. For all you fans out there that listen to ESPNs and listen to all the analysts, they hear gap integrity. Mm-hmm. That's what that is, is that it's not just about, you know, you think from pop Warner or high school football Okay, this massive dude in the middle who's bigger or stronger than everybody or all state or all conference, he's supposed to make every play between the B gaps because he's the better guy. Well, once you get to college and into the pros especially, each guy has a gap. Yeah. Now, once they do that responsibility, then they can flow to the ball. Mm -hmm. But they have a gap responsibility, gap integrity, which you hear – you know, I know Bill Moss is on this air, guys, defensive guys like yourself always talk about that. And I don't know if a lot of the fans know what that actually means. Yeah. You have a responsibility first in, in your A gap, B gap, C gap, et cetera, turning a play in, et cetera. That's why you don't see defensive ends with big tackle numbers because a lot of times their responsibility or outside linebackers is to turn the ball in to y'all. Basically, you know, basically, yeah. I mean, you know, they keep their outside arm open or mm-hmm. free so that they don't get hooked so that, you know, the, the running back or whoever won't allow, you know, that won't be able to get to that edge. So you have your job responsibility. This is what you're supposed to, supposed to do. This is where you're supposed to be every single play. And depending on the runs that you get, it may – things may change. Yep. And, of course, you know, us watching, we're wondering why guys are not playing the way that we think they should. That's because it's not, it's not their responsibility. They have to do what they're told to do so that the next man next to them do their job the right way. Because once you make a mistake and you have to, and you need someone else to take care of your mistake or fix your mistake, <laughs> that's where the you Bigger leave a mistake, hole. Yeah. And that's yep. where you make mistakes across the entire defense. So it's, it's 
super important for one for you know each individual guy to know what they're doing each and every play call, know what's going on, being able to diagnose what the offense is doing, and then reacting and making a play. It, it's so much more to go into it than what we see watching from the TV. Absolutely. Well, that that was quick, man. We went over the Chiefs Chargers, the holidays, and we ended on this first quarter. When we come back, we still got the text line open, got the phone lines open, getting a lot of great texts we're going to get to in the second quarter. We're going to talk about this number two seed in the playoffs and also tackle some some things that go on kind of off the field in regards to fines as well. And like we talked about earlier, there has been a change of guard at certain positions. We're back, quarter two here in the house. Players only, got Joe Mays and myself, Danon Hughes, here to talk more Chiefs, more NFL, actually. Yep. we got some great texts coming in from the 816. Love players only. Once again, listening while I make the family dinner. Hope you guys and your families had a great holiday from Brian. We appreciate you, Brian. Appreciate you, Brian. Brian A. Yes. To be. We did have yeah. a, a blessed holiday season for sure. And uh, we appreciate you being a, a a constant listener as well. We had Absolutely. some good questions, Joe. Yeah, I seen that, man. Um, I'm looking at one right now. You know, uh, someone from 785 text, Happy New Year, New Decade, New Dynasty, man. Do you guys think our D-backs can fill in for Thornhill? That was a big loss. Yeah. That was a huge loss losing Juan Thornhill because the guy was playing, you know, fantastic, especially to be a rookie. Um, I do feel like that we have. I do feel like we have the personnel in order for guys to be able to fill in and and to um, you know basically make up for the production that we lose out of get, out of having Thornhill. And the good thing is, it's mo- it's multiple guys that you can use, and they each have experience. Yeah. So you're not plugging another rookie into the space of a rookie that's been playing all year long, and they've you know been able to get that experience under their belt. You know, knowing you know what the offense is, how they're trying to attack them, mm-hmm. knowing that we, you know, getting a chance to know their weaknesses and things like that. So I think that's a that's a plus. But yes, in short, I do feel like we have uh, the personnel to fill in. Absolutely, I think you know it's definitely a loss. Mm-hmm. I kind of feel like Thornhill and the Honey Badger were playing like yin and yang. They were kind of knowing where each other were and playing that's behind each other. In the league, right? Yep, I thought so. I thought they they had evolved into that. Uh, so it will be a loss, and it's gonna. We'll see. Unfortunately, you got the playoffs, and you gotta see how this will unfold. But I definitely have total confidence in those guys uh, to be able to fill in the gap. It's next man up. Absolutely. It happens all around the NFL, not just here in Kansas City. One great question: uh, How does the bye week affect uh, in the playoffs? Affect the team in the playoffs? And we're gonna talk about that in the fourth quarter. So I'm gonna hold that question there from the eight one six. Yes, and. Uh, 785, it's even nicer having Suggs in there to help with the mindset and field production. Yeah. I agree. I Absolutely. think it's one thing to bring in a free agent that doesn't have the resume mm-hmm. and you kind of wonder if he's going to fit in. And and then, then you go back to our earlier comments about guys not being sure and then trying to fill in and do other jobs. You have a guy that his resume is as good as any other defensive player in the NFL right now, and he comes in to a solid defense that was growing, Mm -hmm. and all he has to do is what he does, and everyone around him trusts that he is doing his job the best. That I mean, there's no question outside of maybe being a little older and not being as fleet of foot, maybe. Yeah. There's no question about what he's going to bring on the field. 
Yeah. So now that just allows every other player, all other 10 guys, to exhale and, like you said before, play relaxed and have fun. Yeah, and I'm glad you mentioned, you know, the mindset too because that's the biggest part. You know, you have a guy that's, you know, he's had so much experience playing this, playing this game of ball and he has experience playing, you know, Super Bowl caliber mm-hmm. football. So you, you want that type of guy around all of your, around all of your players, including the younger players, so they can know, you know, how the playoffs works, you know, how you have to step your game up because the game becomes even faster. And every single play means a lot more than it did in the regular season. I mean, yeah. you know, to have a guy that can be able to speak from that, from, from experience, and be able to pass down knowledge to all the younger guys is it's crucial. Yeah, and it's different. I mean, a lot of people think, okay, you get a guy like Terrell Suggs, and he's going to be the screamer and yeller, mm-hmm. and he might be. But that's not the only way to lead. No. I mean, you can have a guy that's the rah-rah guy on the sideline, you know, pounding the uh, guys on their shoulder pads and on their helmets, trying to get them riled up. That's what you see on all the highlights and NFL films. Yeah. But then there's the calmness of a guy that knows what he's doing and knows about the moment. And if you are a young guy, you look over to the side after the team has had 14-play 70-yard drive for a touchdown, you peek over to see, okay, well, what's T-Sizzle looking like? Right. And he's just chilling, drinking a, a, a cup of water, some Gatorade, and just relax. Yep. That eases you because then all the anxiety that maybe you would normally feel, you recognize that there's a champion on your bench yeah. that's about to take the field with you that's just about the business and not about the highs and lows of emotions. That's immeasurable. Oh, yeah. To have that kind of persona on this team is immeasurable. And to still have production still left in his tank. I think it was a great, great get uh, in free agency to be able to get him on waivers and, and to come in, and it's the perfect dynamic for this team. So it's not about the leadership. Oh, well, he's not screaming on the sideline, or he's not doing this or doing that. He has a presence that I'm sure the young guys recognize, yeah. and that allows them to play more more relaxed. That respect factor is everything. Yeah. You know, he he, do, he don't have to come in and do any anything different than what he's normally done. But the great thing is he's going to have the respect from every single guy in that locker room to where they're going to come up to him and they're going to be talking to him about just about anything when it comes to playing ball in, in the postseason. And he's not going to have to come in and be the rah-rah guy like you talked about earlier. But guys are going to want to hear him. Yep. They're going to want to hear him speak, hear what he has to say, and, and to, you know – I mean, it's also great to have just another guy to, that you can hear from that has, has done it. He's yep. been there. He's been done the road. it. And it's nothing that he can say that you won't follow. Yep. Yeah, we got absolutely. A, from the five one zero. are you concerned about only three running backs on the roster with Damian Williams' injury history? That's nope. Mark in Napa Valley. Yeah. Props out. Shout out to Mark in Napa Valley listening from California, drinking some Cabernet. Yeah, send us some wine. there. We appreciate you. Yeah. I'm not concerned. I no. mean, that's how that's been how this team has been all season long. Yeah. And you know what? You can only have with 46 guys available on each game, you only can have but so many for a certain position. Yeah. So to have three running backs is not totally abnormal. You still got the sausage at the fullback position. So you got four <laughs> guys that are comfortable in the backfield. Not saying they're all going to be the same product, have the same production, but they're going to be comfortable in the backfield. And Contrary to maybe other teams like Tennessee, where they're used to having that big back in the backfield, mm-hmm. can you see this team functioning as well or better 
if you decide if something happens to Damian Williams, something happens to Shady McCoy, something happens to Darwin Thompson, that they go, okay, we'll just come out in five wides, run Tyreek Hill in the backfield with motion and jet sweeps and spread y'all out and see if y'all speed can catch up with our speed. I like our chances. So yeah. if that's your default emergency personnel because your running backs are down, I still like our chances yep. compared to any other team having to go through the same thing. Yeah, you know what? And, and I think that if you really pay attention to what the Chiefs are doing, they play positionless football, which is something that's pretty weird. You hear about that in basketball yep. where you have a bunch of guards and forwards on the, on the court that makes them quicker, that makes them able, you know, they can able to go out there and, and, and play the game from the perimeter. It's kind of the sim, kind of similar to being on the football field. So they have running backs, receivers, tight ends, whatever, whatever. But when it comes to their play calling and the way that they line up on offense, you can plug a wide receiver or a tight end back with the back with the running backs. You've seen it time and time again, and run the same run the same scheme. So yeah. you know this team has so many weapons. They're able to plug guys in each and every position and still be successful. Yes, it hurts you know having Damian Williams go down, but. You know, we have the personnel, you know, for guys to step in and and, want, and not skip a beat. Yeah, and that, and that's a great luxury to have is yeah. to have depth but also have flexibility and versatility where even if you don't have the necessary depth, if there is such a thing with 46 men on the roster, which is one of those things also. You have 52 guys that are available to play every week, and each week you have six guys that are deemed inactive right before the game or yeah. within hours before the game. You're still getting paid. They're still getting paid their, their, their full salary. They might not be getting incentive, incentives, but they're still getting paid their full salary, yet they're not eligible to play. To me, that's one of the dumbest rules in the NFL. <laughs> if you're going to pay a guy a full amount or full salary, 52 guys is no different than 46. Yeah. Let all 52 at least suit up. They may not play, but that would be, to me, that would also help with player safety. It would also, I mean, you don't have starters having to run down on kickoffs or punts. Yeah. You can have other guys rotate in. They're still getting paid. Um, but that that's that's one of those issues that every team has. Every team has to line up 46 guys. It could be one running back. I mean, we've seen teams, I mean, earlier this year, I believe it was the Tennessee game. We ended the game with five offensive linemen. All Everyone else got hurt yeah. or was inactive. So if one offensive lineman went down, we would have had to do something different with our offense and make tight ends eligible and, or defensive linemen come in and, come and, and play, do, tackle or play tackle or yeah. something like that. So it happens. It's one of those deals that's necessary in the NFL. Yeah, I'll tell you one thing, though, man. Looking on the opposite end, though, you know, being a player and suiting up knowing that you're not even going to play. Yeah. That that right there would be crushing because I know, you know, as soon as I step on the field, that heart gets to pounding real quick. I know, you know, it's time to play football. Yep. Yeah, but, let's, uh, let's do it. But, but how often? I mean, I was probably a 44th, 45th, 46th man suiting up every single game. Mm -hmm. And there was somewhere I played, special teams, coverage, or whatever. You know, outside of offensive linemen, as I, I want to feel like offensive linemen are the only guys that either will get in the game or won't get in the game on offense because they can't cover kicks. Nope. They can't cover punts. They're not going to be on either one of those units. They're not going to be on the hands team for off. Uh, for, uh, uh, you know, kickoffs and so on and so forth. So they're either going to play offensive line or they're not going to play at all. But everybody True. else is kind of fluid. True. You know, because you're, quote, specialist. That's what that's what we are. We're special. Exactly. Special exactly. like that. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, we tackled a, a bunch of the, the text messages, and we're getting some other cool ones, especially one we talked about earlier where we're going to get about the bye week. Yeah. But it's halftime. 
And we still got a lot of stuff we can tackle. We've been gone for a few weeks with the holidays, so we're going to try to squeeze it all in. Coming back after halftime, we're going to talk about this number two seed, maybe try to tackle the NFL fines and just the overall playoff picture. Halftime's over. We're back. Players only. Joe Mays. And I'm Danon Hughes. And a lot of great texts. A lot of great topics to cover. But we got a caller. We got Reggie from Anaheim. Been a long-time listener to our group. This is almost our one-year anniversary. Almost our one-year anniversary, Joe, of being on the air Man. during the football season. And Reggie has been uh, a consistent listener. What's up, Reg? Hey, what's going on, brothers? How y'all doing? Happy New Year, man. Happy yeah, New Year, happy New Year, to, Year you. to you too, my man. Yes, sir. Yeah, so, so I, I live out here on the West Coast, obviously, uh, between Anaheim and Los Angeles. I just wanted to say the Chargers will never have a foothold here in Los Angeles. They are the, the redhead stepchild. Mm-hmm. No one likes them. No one wants them. No one cares. There are more Chiefs fans in uh, Southern California than there are Charger fans, which wow. should tell you – uh, literally, which, is, which should tell you a lot about how they feel about the Chargers. It will always be a, a Laker, Raider, Dodger town. And, uh, and the Clippers are starting to come up here a little bit. But Chargers will never be welcome here in Los Angeles. They should go back to San Diego. That's the first thing. Second thing, uh, the two-seat, it just feels good, man. Uh, I'm almost 40, bro. And throughout the whole my whole 30s, I never thought I would see the day when the Patriots would have to go the long way. Yeah. Like everybody else has <laughs> in the past yeah. 20 years. Like, 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 y'all don't get a ride. Y'all got to walk. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, it just feels good to see them struggle and sweat and have to do it the only way that, that most of the other teams have had to do it for the last 20 years. Uh, and I, and I, even if the, even if the, I think they will. Just the fact that they're going to get to beat up and soften up uh, the Patriots for another game, I think it just bodes well for whoever else has to play them. Obviously, the Patriots will come to Kansas City, but I think Tennessee would beat the Patriots and then go to Baltimore and possibly beat the Yeah, I think we lost them. Yep. That was great points, Reg. We appreciate the call. I appreciate you being a listener, man. It's great to hear from you. Great, great to hear from somebody out in the West Coast. I agree yeah. with him on everything. San Diego or the Chargers, they should go back to San Diego. I think so. Make amends, do a huge push of PR, mm-hmm. try to embrace the fans back in. That was a place, I wouldn't say it was like Denver or like the Raiders, but it was a place that gave you some noise. Yep. I think the, di- the dynamics of the stadium and Jack Murphy back in the day, you were so far away from the field that it really didn't have an impact in crowd noise. But mm-hmm. if they go out there, if they were able to, to kind of get re-embraced with that, with that community and get a stadium out there, I think the fans will come back. Yeah, man. And, and you played out there. Yeah, I did. I did. You know, they have one of the oldest stadiums in the NFL. So, you know, you have some, uh, you have some, some character, I would say, that, you know, you bring to the games each and every week, you know, from that stadium being there for so long. And I think that, the San Diego fans, they're owed that. They're owed for that team to come back and to be the home team because now you got a whole empty stadium yep. with no one to play in it. <laughs> Your team left you. just playing the Holiday Bowl yeah. San Diego State's playing it. That's yeah, it. and it hasn't been right since for both you know the city of San Diego and uh, the Chargers too. So I think it's only right that they go back. Well, great call, Reg. We got the perfect storm to the number two seed. Let's talk playoff football and the mindset of a player. First of all, you're playing in that game. 
you're not scoreboard watching, but you are aware of the scoreboard oh, yeah. or at least aware of the scores. And, and you know, make no mistake about it. E- even if Clark Hunt and Andy Reid and Brett Veach said, hey, do not put the Patriots score on the board. And that happens a lot. I remember when I was playing Marty Scheinheimer and Carl Peterson and uh, the great Lamar Hunt, they wouldn't put up certain scores Mm -hmm. at the end of the season because they didn't want us to be distracted. Right. But yet, we got a little, we got a a buddy that's an equipment manager, a guy that's a trainer on the side, one of the water boys, especially now with phones and access, that you go over and say, yo, hey, what's the Patriots score? Yeah. You know, just, just, it could be the third quarter of your game. You might be in a heated battle. Doesn't mean that you have to stay 100% laser focused on your game mm-hmm. against the Chargers. You go over there during a water break or during a two-minute timeout. Hey, you know, the Dolphins, the Dolphins still in this game? Are they up? Still mm-hmm. up? You, you, that's just human nature as a player. You want to know that. So I'm sure even though the fans were outstanding and electric out there on the field, the players kind of knew. Somebody, somebody leaked. There's always a leak on the sideline. Oh, yeah. Somebody knew what was going on in Miami, or I should say with Miami, against the Patriots. And sometimes you got fans that will yell out just about any and everything, you know, that they want to let you know. Oh, from the, from the stands. Go- yeah. Hey, yeah. Man, the Patriots are losing. Exactly. And then <laughs> and then now you got one fan, and then everybody else starts talking about it, and that's the way you create this this chant. Yep. And now everyone knows what's going on. I've, I've seen that happen before, too, and, you know, that's what happens when you have amazing fans, especially like the fans here. In Kansas City. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. So the number two seed we have, there's some special games. I will give my prediction right now in the wild card round. I'm going to say Bills, Seahawks, Patriots, and Saints. Even though the Patriots won, I kind of feel like they can lose that game. They can. I'm just, it's just the Brady factor. And we got some text messages about Brady and coming here. Yeah. It would be great for that to, to, to be the case. Uh-huh. It would also be great to play any of the other teams as well, um, just because there's some history between the you know the Houston coming in and beating us, Tennessee beating us. Uh, you know, there's the unknown factor with the Bills. Eventually, if if it gets to unfolding like that, uh, I don't care. This is the one year I will say, I don't care who we play or where we play. It's great to have the number two seed, but it was not there was not any fear in my mind if we would have wound up being a, a three or four seed or what have you, if we wound up losing the game and it unfolded that way. Yeah, there's definitely no fear there. I mean, I, I think this Chiefs team, they played they played well enough to be able to battle with anybody. So there's no fear. But you do want to be smart about it. Like, I think, you know, nobody really wants to play the Patriots. Not really. I think when it comes to Belichick and Brady, those two have shown time and time again whether they've had you know, that bye week or whether they've had to go the long way, they've shown time and time again that they're still the best duo in the NFL. Yeah. So I would never – I still wouldn't want to play them. I mean, you know, just just because they've been there time and time again. They know exactly what's going on when it comes to playing in the playoffs. And, and you're the greatest of all time. Exactly. So, I mean, of course, you, you, you're, you're staying cognizant of that. You know, you don't, you don't want to play them, but if you do, you, you got to bring your best foot forward. Well, we got the text line, 312, don't want to put guys on IR – for short-term injuries. Well, unfortunately, this could be a short-term playoff run. The end of the season is a short-term. So basically anybody that's hurt after week nine yeah. is probably going to be on IR for the remainder of the season because yep. it's not worth taking up that one spot on your roster of 46 or 52 for a guy that might come back right. 
late in the season. Now, if you've got a J.J. Watt situation, former two-time defensive player of the year, yeah, you're probably going to make a spot. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> but absolutely. everybody else, you know, you don't – even if there's a question as to whether they would be able to come back, you can't afford to roll the dice in that way. And from the 3-1-2, again, inactives are the best – are best thought of as a one-week injury reserve. Otherwise, teams could be playing with unequal numbers of players available due to injury. Eh, that's that's the name of the game. Yeah, it is. That's the name of the game. You yep. play with injuries. You you got guys on the field that are going to be injured. Uh, rotate guys out and and be able to rotate guys in. I mean, yeah. that might spark people to be more put on IR, but now they have the temporary IR now where you don't have to sit out the whole season. So really it would only affect teams in week 10 through 17. Pretty much. At most. Yeah. So, all right. Dang, the show's going by quick, it man. Sure is. Yeah. So many topics to cover. We're going into the fourth quarter. We're going to talk about the bye week. Still, the text line's open, 69306. The phone line as well. We'll come back and talk about this Chiefs bye week and actually some keys to the bye week. It's the fourth quarter. We get to chill out with the music from Julio. I like kind of how that slow ramp up. It kind yeah. of gets you, you know, like, it was like in the air tonight. When I was in high school, Phil Collins in the air tonight. It was like, you know, you kind of felt like you was calm in the storm a little bit. Yeah. And then all of a sudden the drum roll came in and he was ready to decapitate somebody. It's the best, ain't it? So, yeah, Julio, you're nice with it. I like it. I like yeah, it. I appreciate that. Yeah, Julio. <laughs> hey, so, so I'm reading a text right now. And it was an earlier text way back when from 785. It was telling me to give you a cookie. Give me a cookie because of my magic, Because man. of the magic of that the, you had. The magic. Exactly. Yeah. I still got to think of a better name, but that's what I'm sticking with. The magic. The DA magic. magic. All right. And then also, right after that, it was a text from 480 uh, that said, if you took the players to the club the night before, then you could take credit. I can't confirm nor deny we that go. we was hitting the club. I there will not go. confirm nor deny that we were hitting the club in Miami on South Beach. And the most important thing is he didn't deny it. So a few people are, are listening. He Nor definitely Nor did I confirm it. But he didn't deny it. Because I still got a little club left in me, Joe. Hey, I hear you. I still got a little juice left in me. <laughs> you know, I'm going to need some Bengay the next day oh, or something yeah. like that. But oh, I yeah. still got a little something left in there. Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. Nah, <laughs> <laughs> you, you silly, man. <laughs> yeah, a text from 510. Appreciate your show. Grew up in KC. Lived my life in California. Lived my life in California. I miss... Old as the Chiefs remember Super Bowl. Oh, well, it's oh, all of, yeah. I think it, I think it kind of broke up and it kind of went all over the place. So if I'm reading that crazy, that's exactly how it looks on the screen. So <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not dyslexic or anything. Yeah, just charge it to the game. It is what it is. We got the eight one six. How does the bye week in the playoffs affect the team? Yes, from a player's perspective. Yeah, I mean, you know what? It's fantastic that you have a bye week because you get a chance to relax. You know, you get a chance to be with your family, you know, if guys do have family here in the city. Um, but the, I think guys are really, you know, so used to being, you know, they're machines. Yeah, regiment, yep. They have, they, they have, they already have their regiment down pat. They wake up at a certain time, they work out before it's time to meet, and then they're up for the rest of the day. So I think the guys are, are going to still hold that while also getting um, a little bit of much-needed rest and, and, and extra care of the body. So. Um, I think that, you know, these guys, they just get a chance to get off their feet a little bit more. You know, they're not banging each other. They're not, um, you know, going out there and, 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 you know, getting themselves tired mentally and physically. So, you know, they get a chance to relax and 
I think it's one. It's it's like the most amazing thing, you know, especially you know going into a playoff game, which yeah. is you know, I mean, every single snap counts. Well, it's immeasurable the fact that yeah. not only are you getting rest, but you're also not having to hit people. Exactly. And anything can happen in any game. I mean, like we talked about earlier, the Tennessee game. We ended the game with just five eligible offensive linemen. Yep. Granted, none of them were super major, but that can happen in any game. A twist, a, a little push over a pile, a, run, a, a, a wide receiver getting pushed back into a tackle, folded backwards, anything can happen. So the fact that you don't have to put your body through that will help you and everybody talks about momentum and you, yeah. you got the streak going. Do you want to stop it with a bye week? Yes. Yes, you do. From a player's perspective, yes. Yes, in your mind, you say, I want to play tomorrow. Every time, whenever you're on a winning streak, you want to play the next day. The pain doesn't hurt as much. Right. But at the same time, what you, what's necessary is that you rest your body and you go out full speed. So I'm not one of those guys that ever bought into the momentum thing of, Having a bye week during a during a, a streak, or while you're 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 playing and hitting on all cylinders, yeah. like that's going to throw you off. What's what's going to throw you off is being at eighty percent the rest of the season, or yep. being having to fight through the playoffs week in and week out on the road mm-hmm. after the first game, being at seventy five percent and trying to battle through. Bye weeks are great for players. Momentum will shift during games. Yep, and then also. You're sitting at home watching these other teams play, and they're beating each other up. Yep. So whoever whoever it is that you're going to play, they may have an injury that may swing in your direction. Exactly. So, and then I mean, they, and that injury, will, it's too quick of a turnaround yes. for them to fill in and get a Terrell Suggs type of impact player. They'll have to go to the practice squad like the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah. Got guys towards the end of the season playing off a of practice squad. Now they're playing solidly. Yeah, they are. But, but that's, that's what you run the risk at. If you don't have the bye week, and I have keys to the bye week, we were talking about it yep. off air. Keys to the bye week: celebrate. These are twenty-something old young men with money in their pockets, yep. and they played a seventeen-week season, and they deserve some celebration. Now, I will add in parentheses: moderately. Moderately. Be moderate. Be smart. Which it seems like we haven't heard any stories. No, nope. it was just a great thing. Yep. So so far so good. Yeah. C- celebrate. Rest, like we talked about earlier, rest and relax. And the last thing is refocus. Yeah. Because you have to still get back in the mindset of, hey, we got a game. You don't want to be like Odell Beckham Jr. and the Giants a few years ago when they went out on a yacht or years before that when Jason Witten and Tony Romo went to Mexico. Yes, those guys were working out. They weren't just laying around drinking Mai Tais and margaritas all day. They were working out in the morning, probably running in the sand and doing all that stuff. But the perception is that they were just lounging. And mm-hmm. that, and I don't care who you are. If you're laying out on a boat or laying out on a beach, your focus is not on football. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, maintaining that routine, that's another one that you can add to that. Yes. I think that's, that's equally as, as important because you don't want to move out of your routine. You know, you, you lose all momentum when it comes to you individually and the way that you played, the way you ended the regular season, and the way that you go into postseason. So, Keeping that routine, you know, getting up, waking up the same time, going to work out, doing the things that you normally do on a regular basis and not getting out of it, I think is going to be equally as important too. So we got two texts, very similar, one from 405 and one from the 209. Yeah. You definitely didn't have anything to do with the win. The game was in New England. Don't (laughs) allow facts to get in the way of a good story. Years from now, 
I will be as good as Jerry Rice was to my great-grandkids, and I will have affected the Miami-New England game, and just because you know the facts, you're not going to take my joy away. I could still have an effect in Miami. Maybe. I guess he took Hey, the... you're supposed to be backing me up just as strong as I'm saying it. <laughs> Dang. Hey, hey. That's I'm, why I'm, we can't get... That's why we... That's, this show is just an hour. I'm neither accepting nor denying ah, what you're saying. You, you learn. Ah, yeah, I'm learning. Nice. Yeah, I've listened. I heard Daniel what you said. Nice, yeah, Daniel absolutely. Absolutely. From the 312, I went to Iowa the same time as Dane and loved the Snow Angel. Yes, I did that, and it was at Iowa. That can be confirmed. Appreciate the show. Grew up in Kansas City, and... From the 785, I bet Patrick will gladly let Lamar have the season MVP in exchange for a Super Bowl MVP. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, we got we got we covered a lot. The bye week is here. We'll be back next week talking about the Chiefs and whoever they're gonna play against yeah. uh in that week. And it could be one of three teams. And I'm excited about it. I think the Chiefs fans are excited. I tweeted out today there was somebody asked a question, what will you say? What will be your first statement after the Chiefs win the Super Bowl? And mine was, congratulations, Chiefs fans, Chiefs kingdom. You deserve it. Yeah. It's long time overdue. It's all for you guys. Yes, the players have the goals, but the 12th man, the Chiefs kingdom, the faithful that have been around since the last Super Bowl, uh, you guys deserve it. And hopefully they'll bring it to you this year. So players only, we'll be back next Thursday. Yes, Joe, sir. he's out. Danon, I'm here. Players only, 6 to 7 p.m. next Thursday evening. And we love you, Chiefs fans. Yeah, and keep on sprinkling that D-magic. Hey, I do it all over, home or away. Oh, there we go. Home or away, that is me. (laughs) I am him. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, everybody. This is Players Only. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.